Hello, fellow lupus spirits, and welcome to Lupus Life. I'm Corey Hollingsworth, and I'm a spiritual advisor and meditation facilitator who lives with and manages systemic lupus erythematosus, also known as lupus. The purpose of this podcast is to offer firsthand, easy, and simple ways to manage the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of lupus. Today's topic is depression and lupus. And the reason for this particular topic is because lupus tends to trigger a lot of emotion and a lot of mental things when dealing with lupus. And some of us experience the clinical definition of depression, which requires medication and medical intervention. And some of us experience just chemical imbalances in the brain that are triggered by certain things that are the result of living with lupus. And some of the things that I'm going to mention as triggers are things that are just things that everyone deals with. And because life is just kind of full of all kinds of fun things that cause emotional stress and can put us into a unhappy, dark place. And, and then some of us live with depression that is clinical and needs to be treated and it can be attached to lupus or not attached to lupus. So the depression that I'm talking about is chemical because depression is chemical and it's also triggered by lupus. And I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm not going to give you the clinical definition definition of depression. Basically, if you live with lupus, I'm going to assume that you also have bouts of depression. And so what I'm going to try to facilitate for you are some triggers that I experience. And these are not always during a lupus flare. These are just things that happen that can either cause a flare. They're happening while I'm in a flare. They happen as I come out of a flare. Um, But they are definitely for me very much rooted in having lupus. And I have other podcasts that I've already recorded about staying even keeled, reducing stress, and finding ways to manage the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of lupus. And I will have future podcasts about these topics as well that will tie into the emotional part of lupus. And so depression is a very emotional concept. It's also a mental concept. So I'm going to start with some triggers that I have noticed in my life with lupus during the past 11 years since my diagnosis. And one of those triggers is pain. So pain tends to be a very common aspect of living with lupus. And it can be mild pain that, hey, I can live through my day and be in pain. Or it can be, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get out of bed pain. And I know that the part where, oh my gosh, I'm in pain and I can't get out of bed tends to trigger depression because then I'm stuck in bed and I'm not someone who likes to be stuck in bed. I'm not someone who likes to be just sedentary. I don't like to sit still. I, I know that for me, the idea of not being able to be in the world triggers a lot of depression-like symptoms. And so 
one of the things we get to deal with is the pain. So managing the pain. I take an NSAID twice a day. Um, I haven't had to take anything stronger than that, but I have had to increase and decrease the NSAID dosage depending on how much pain I'm in and how much, I'm ex how much pain I'm experiencing. So I'm going to go through the triggers first, and then I'm going to try to guide you through some ways that I manage depression and, and lupus and living with the consequences of lupus that cause depression. So the other one that I struggle with is weight gain. I know that most of us at some point in time, if we're not on a daily dose of prednisone, I'm just going to blame it on prednisone because we all know how fun prednisone is. It's a love-hate relationship. We feel great because the inflammation goes away, but then all of a sudden, within a week, where did the extra 10 or 15 pounds come from? Seriously. So the weight gain is something I struggle with personally. I am a smaller person, and so when I put on the extra 10 or 15 pounds while I'm experiencing a dose of prednisone or a course of prednisone over the course of, you know, two or three weeks, uh, my weight gain, it's mostly water. I keep, I, I keep reminding myself that, but it still can trigger depression for me because then obviously I'm thinking, oh great, now I've got this extra weight on my body. And lo and behold, that extra weight puts extra pressure on the joints. And we know how much fun joint pain is because that's one of the main, uh, symptoms of living with lupus. So weight gain triggers my depression with lupus. Just having a flare, that's another trigger for me. As soon as I recognize that I am getting more fatigued, that I start having some kind of rash probably more than likely, malar rash, um, my joints hurt more. Um, and I know I'm for sure in a flare because you can't really not know that you're in a flare really because it just kind of wipes you out so just being in a flare triggers depression for me because then i feel like i'm stuck i'm home i can't go to work i just i'm stuck and i'm going to have a podcast about isolation and that one will cover ways to manage that aspect of that but then again Isolation is another thing that triggers <laughs> depression and lupus. So I'm going to mention it now, but I will have a podcast about isolation sometime in the future. But once we have a flare or once we're feeling depressed as a result of lupus, there is a tendency to self-isolate. And I will go through some of the coping skills for that because it can be tricky it can be really tricky to want to not be isolated and not be upset and depressed and at the same time wanting to be out in the world. So it's it's this constant battle of I need to be alone because I need to rest, but I'm feeling isolated. So it's it's not a fun balance to try to manage. It's very frustrating and it tends to trigger depression, at least for me. And another thing that triggers depression for me while living with lupus is the unpredictability of lupus. Um, that's one of the biggest blocks for me when it comes to living with lupus is not knowing on a day-to-day -day basis how I'm going to feel, what I'm going to be able to do, how much energy I'm going to have. And 
I know that I've mentioned in past podcasts, including Christmas, when I was not able to travel because of feeling like I was getting into a flare. And then lo and behold, a few days later after Christmas, I ended up getting COVID again. So that part is frustrating and unpredictability. It's not just lupus unpredictability, it's unpredictability in just catching every single germ that goes around the planet right now. So I've mentioned in the past that I work in a classroom. I basically work in a Petri dish. So of germs that children consistently have. And so as a, as just a part of the depression part of this process, I, I monitor the unpredictability of everything. And I just have to focus on, okay, I, I may or may not get sick. I may or may not get into a flare, but it does cause some depression for me because it's a, it's a, it's a managing process. It's, it's, it can be a bit stressful. And the last thing that I want to focus on in terms of triggers for depression for me, trust me, I know that more exist. These are just the basic overarching ones that I've noticed that are consistent in my world. I would love to hear from you about what is consistent in your world that causes depression while you're living with lupus. But the last one is labs and biopsies and tests. So I know that most of us, I'm guessing all of us who live with lupus, if our rheumatologist and our care team are doing it the correct way, the rheumatological way, rheumatological, yes, that is a word. If everyone's doing things correctly, we should be getting lab work done around every three months. So I've mentioned in past podcasts, in fact, I had one about lab work and blood and urine and all that stuff, um, every, every three months, roughly. So for me, sometimes that can trigger depression or an episode of depression or a few days of feeling depressed because I often feel like I'm a guinea pig and I don't always want to have my arms poked with needles. And it's not that big of a deal. I mean, over time I've learned, okay, fine. I get this done every 12, you know, 10 to 12 weeks and pee in a cup every 10 to 12 weeks. So I do have times, probably every, probably every third time that I have my blood taken out, I call them bloodlettings. It triggers a sense of depression. Like I just feel low and I, I feel like, gosh, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just a pincushion. I'm just a guinea pig and I don't want to have my blood taken out today. I don't want to pee into a cup and I, I have to self-talk and tell myself, obviously you have to do this because you need to monitor your your blood, your white blood cells and your red blood cells and the ALT and the AST and all that stuff. So I logically understand it, but it does play into my emotions. And sometimes, not, okay, not sometimes, every time I have my blood taken out, I am able to determine whether or not the phlebologist, the person taking my blood is going to bruise me. So I don't generally do anything at, at the time because, you know, they're just doing their job, but, and it doesn't hurt. It's not like it, you know, is any real different than any other time, but I can tell just by how the needle goes in, whether or not I'm going to get a bruise. And that causes some sadness for me and some depression because it just amplifies and amplifies the fact that I am getting my blood taken out again. So 
those are the triggers, weight gain, pain, flares, isolation, unpredictability, labs, and then biopsies. I didn't add biopsies in that. Every once in a while, we get to have some fun little biopsy taken out of our mouth or wherever we have some ulcer or something. So those are the triggers that I came up with just as an overarching theme in my world of living with lupus and depression or lupus-induced depression. So here are some of the things that I tend to do to cope. I've already kind of mentioned a couple just while I was going through the triggers. But medication. And sometimes people need to take antidepressants. And that's okay. If that's what you need, that's fine. I personally do not take antidepressants, knock on wood. I did take antidepressants during my early 30s. And interestingly enough, that's when I started having symptoms. But I wasn't diagnosed until I was 40. Um, oh, actually, um, actually, I was 41 when I was diagnosed, but I had symptoms when I was in my early 30s. And interestingly enough, that's when I was taking antidepressants. But, you know, if you need to take an antidepressant, you know, talk to your doctors because that's just going to work for you or not work for you. You don't know. And the other thing is just me- when, I, when I mention medications, it's also making sure that you have your medications up to date and that you're that the other reason why we have labs done is to make sure that we are responding to medications. So obviously some of the medications have side effects of depression. So you got to think about that too. It's like, hey, maybe this depression isn't actually my own stuff. It's a side effect of the medication. So think about that as well and, and know the side effects of the medications that you're taking and how to manage the depression or possible depression that could be the result of the medications. I've noticed that for me, I've had a few podcasts about this topic about movement, the importance of movement. And obviously when we're in a flare, the last thing we're going to do is move. But when we're not in a flare, I have found that movement is very, very effective with coping with depression and sadness. I am a huge nature lover. I live next to a river. I, I walk every day. As, as long as I'm able to. Um, dancing is good. I highly recommend finding your favorite dance playlist, especially the stuff that you listened to when you were a teenager. Um, and dance, it's, it, make, it just increases your endorphins, serotonin, and all that fun stuff. Yoga is really good because it tends to be gentle, and you can do it at your own pace. Um, so those are some of the movement things that I do to cope with the depression part of it. I also love my bike. Unfortunately, the past three weeks have been really rainy and cold, so I haven't been able to go on my bike as often as I would like. But find movement that makes you feel happy. Exercise is a and induces all kinds of happy stuff in your body, all kinds of the happy juice. Um, I mentioned embracing solitude with isolation. So when we're in a flare or we're feeling by ourselves, I will have a podcast about this, isolation. For me, I find it as a time for self-care. I'm someone who doesn't generally take baths in general, but I do take baths when I'm feeling sad, um, mostly because for some reason bubbles make me feel happy. Um, but just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Embrace the fact that you're 
going to be a little isolated probably or a little bit solitude if you're able to. I know that when my son, my son was a teenager, well, he was 11 when I was first diagnosed. So I got to go through my child's teen years while I was trying to manage lupus. So I know that those of us who have children, it's not always easy to find that gratitude and solitude um, moment. But there is a time for self-care when you get to be on your own for a little while. I've already mentioned nature. So interestingly enough, I know I read some research years ago that the color green and nature tend to increase the level of endorphins and serotonin and all those fun things in our bodies. Fresh air is a huge thing. If I feel like I'm getting stuck in my house, I do get cabin fever. So being out in nature, being outside is very important for me. And I would highly recommend doing that if you're able to. It, it helps with, with depression for me. Um, crying is a good way. I do a lot of crying. I actually think I mentioned in one of my podcasts that I was crying in the bathtub one time. And um, I, I cry sometimes when I'm doing my walks, if I'm by myself. And um, it's a good release. And, and it's okay to cry for yourself. I actually have a podcast about crying coming up as well. It's okay to cry for yourself. It's not about feeling sorry for yourself. It's about just crying like getting it out. So sometimes if you have to watch a sad movie or something to get you to cry, it's okay. It helps. It's a good release. I am someone who's a huge advocate of music. I know that I have one of my first podcasts was about listening to music and memorizing song lyrics. I would highly recommend that for managing depression as well. So I would find your favorite songs, make a playlist of all your favorite songs and just listen to them. I do it all the time. I've been doing it since I was a teenager. Music is therapy. I truly believe that. Um, I also, since I had COVID right after Christmas and I was not happy about that, my last podcast from last week was Angry with Lupus. And during that time, I found myself praying a lot. So I pray for myself, and that's not something that a lot of us learn how to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am someone who is an advocate of just world religions. So it doesn't matter what religion you have. Whatever you do to pray, do it. However, the slant that I would put on that is to pray for yourself. And many of us tend to pray for Everything that's external to us, our family, our friends, our neighbor's dog, the, you know, the earth. And we forget that we need to pray for ourselves. And I do have a podcast about that as well, about praying for yourself. That helps my, with my depression that I experience with lupus. And the last thing I have that I use as a coping strategy is gratitude. And I do have a podcast about that as well. I, called, I think it was titled Gratitude Despite Yuckies. And... I am a huge advocate of gratitude because that's usually what kind of gets me out of my out of my depression of everything that's wrong in the world. Because when we're feeling depressed, we tend to focus on everything that's wrong in the world in our, in our lives. And so one of the things that I am a huge advocate of doing is making a gratitude list. Or even if I don't write it, I will lie down and I will 
just think and feel and look around if everything that I have in my life that I'm grateful for. And it can be as simple as fingernail clippers. The other day I was grateful that I had fingernail clippers. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be all the big stuff. It can be the little things too. So gratitude is another way from that I have found to manage depression as a result of lupus. I'm hoping that this helps you. I know that it helps me to help you. No, that sounds kind of corny. It helps me to help you. But trust me, the reason why I say it that way is because this podcast is not just a way for me to help and guide others. It's a way for me to help and guide myself because I really need to share these things that work for me because I'm hoping that you will share your experiences with me and find ways to manage this disease that we live with even better. So I thank you for joining me today. As a reminder, I have two books on Amazon. The first one is Little Lupus Spirit Book, and that can be found in the description for this episode. And the second one is Reconnecting with Your True Self. That can be found on my website where I can be reached which is coreyhollingsworth.wixsite.com. I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Please feel free to follow Lupus Life Podcast. I would love to hear from you. Have a beautiful day and have a beautiful week.